0: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our series called Limited, looking at what it looks like to gather, grow, give, and go. And who better to unpack this week than my two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa Jose, Hello, welcome Taylor. back. Good morning. Good morning. And we're joined by the Pastor of Spiritual Formation, the one, the only, Bob Moss. Bob, thanks for being back on the podcast.
1: Oh, it's my joy. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Jose, would love to give you the first word, as we usually do. What stood out to you as you prepared this week and what it looked like to grow? This word, awe. We use
2: the word awesome all the time. You just said absolutely, absolutely. Normally, people say awesome, awesome. So we use that word for everything nowadays. It's like love. It's been diluted to a certain degree. And yet, this word awe has incredible depth and significance, and it's speaking to the fear of the Lord, and so I simply went back to the few last times that I felt awe when I read something in scripture, and we had just talked about this at our staff retreat that same week, that week prior, a couple days uh, before Sunday, and uh, so I decided to look further into it, and I started coming up with points. They all started with the same letter, so we had alliteration going, and that's when you know the Spirit is flowing. I did notice that. So, <laughs> I did notice
0: that. We'll, <laughs> like jump, that, in. we'll <laughs> jump into those uh, five points here in a second, but Bob, would love to uh, open up to you as well here, just this concept of awe and how you've seen that just relate in your spiritual walk and your spiritual growth. The, uh,
1: there's really only one that deserves awe. And that is the Lord. Amen. And in Hebrews, it says, Since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Mm. And uh, for our God is a consuming fire. I loved it when... Uh, Joel, Joel cl- mm-hmm. closed out the
0: service with that verse mm-hmm. of
1: scripture. It's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk. We're going to talk about that and just even what that looks like and how we grow that sense of awe, how we grow Godward, as you said, Jose. Uh, but first, here this the the series and even kind of the lens we're looking at all of these is through this idea of being limited. Yeah. And so, would love to hear your thoughts, Jose, as far as the significance of just as we approach the spiritual growth, uh, just the the idea of the limits that we have. Sure. I mean, Bob, I love your
2: devotion to Scripture memory. And if I were to ask you how many hours do you spend memorizing Scripture a day, could you give us a a time on that?
1: Yeah, I can. I've got it. I record in my Google calendar Uh every time I review because most of my meditation – is spent reviewing, not learning new scripture. Right. I only learn one new scripture every three days. And so I've been working on the book of Hebrews for a year and a half, and I am just about done with the book of Hebrews. But meditating amazing. meditating in the scriptures that I've already memorized is the delight that I yeah. There's nothing that I can do more than that. I I don't know how to describe it except to say that is my way of meditating. Yeah, I and abiding.
2: I have received so much from your personal spiritual growth as you abide in God's Word, and, and what stands out to me is the amount of time that that takes. It it yeah. takes a a lot of your day to do that, and we need to be conscious as to what we are consuming, mm-hmm. the information and the content that we are consuming, because whether we know it or not, it is forming us. It is discipling us, and if we want to grow word, then we need to turn to the awesome things, mm-hmm. <laughs> God's Word, podcasts like these, so that we can... Be aware of what God is teaching us, what God wants to change in us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I saw in this um, passage here with Peter and John. I'm sorry, with Jesus and Peter. Jesus is teaching Peter some Mm -hmm. keys to grow. And I relate it to every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John comes up later
0: in the passage, but John, yes, John to your wrote, point. John wrote it down. To yeah. your point, uh, Jose, here, just this that that idea that there's a lot of things competing for our attention, competing for uh, just our our mindset. And so, this first point here that you have is love God first. How do we grow Godward is to love God first. Uh, you mentioned, Jose, Proverbs 4, 25 through 27, that just starts by saying, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. And just that idea that we do need to be, it's, it's a common thing we've actually been talking about the last few weeks and different series before this, just this idea of uh, it's even beyond just taking our thoughts captive, but even starting with what are we consuming? What are we bringing in? Bob, would love to ask you first, kind of how have you done that as far as just, there's a lot of um, content, news, media, uh, just even conversations we can have with people, a lot that can kind of consume our thoughts. So as it relates, not just to scripture memory, but just in general, how have you been attentive to uh, just noticing what you consume? Well,
1: two things. Number, we have to be self-aware, but we also have to be aware of God. And over and over and over in Scripture, His promise is that He will never leave us nor forsake us, which is talking about an imminent presence that He has, if we're if we're sensitive to it, if we are conditioned to think that way, and. I have, it has been a process for me. I'm 80 years old, so it's taken a long time for me to get to where I am. But I've had adversity. I, I would say most of the growth that I have had always comes out of adversity. Mm-hmm. It's never when things are going really well. Yeah. It's always when I'm being challenged. And so my circumstances, uh, I have learned how to hear God in the circumstances. So He speaks through the Bible, and but He also speaks through our circumstances. He is in control. Amen. And He He may not initiate everything that's happening, but He allows things to happen. And in those in the circumstances is where we have vision. We need to have vision for the present moment, as we yeah, talked we just, about in we staff we just talked meeting.
2: about that at, at, at a meeting. And Bob, one of the things that I look up to you in is again how how you're able to be present in every moment in every conversation and not be distracted by all the noise out there and I think that for me that's something I've had to do I've had to limit my social media intake I've this has been years now that I've done this but it, when I think about what my life was like before I set turned off the notifications on my phone that little bit, because I used to have every news, every you know, little thing, it was just notification on notification, and then I found myself on my phone all the time. There's always something going on, but those are distractions that we can't necessarily control, but what we can't control is where we are in the present moment, mm-hmm. with the person that we're with in this moment, being in a conversation with you, and so you do that so well, Bob, being present, and that's such a key to 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 growth. You say love. You know, I, I talked about loving God first. If we prioritize living in the present moment, we're prioritizing where God is in in that very moment, and that's putting Him mm-hmm. putting him mm-hmm. first.
0: And in I,
1: Corinthi- oh,
0: Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, right on this line, I think personally, God's shown me just over the years how He doesn't want, and you talked about this, Jose, but He doesn't want just a piece of us. Like He, you know, sometimes God may not be first, but He's in the top three or yeah. five, and I think that's, you know, that's good enough. He, he's in the running, in the, in the, but He really, it really is that first love that we have. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, uh, Paul put it this
1: way, he said, um, concerning this, He said, uh, "Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ." And then Philippians it says, "Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever Mm -hmm. things are pure, there's anything good, good report. Think on these things." And there, the world is by default. The world is evil. Jesus even said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your Mm. children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? And we have to hunger for that. If we are not hungering for that, it it will pass us by. Mm -hmm. But I learned a new phrase this week called, grasped by grace. When I heard that, I'd never heard that term before. But it was a preacher talking about it isn't it isn't just our decisions. We have to realize that God is continually reaching out to us and we have to our, our most important thing that we can do is respond yeah, is. to what He is doing. And it's it's all about Him. It really is. And Jesus said apart from from me you can do nothing. Mhm. Mhm. Now the reality is apart from Jesus we can do an <laughs> infinite number of things. Yeah. But they don't amount to
0: anything. They don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that's a great segue. It you is. You talk so is, much Bob, about this, but that. a great segue into the second point here about living out our assignment and to to both of y'all's points here, but it, it's God that sets that assignment and has given us what uh, we need in order to accomplish that assignment. So this, this next part here, as far as what does that practically look like to discern the assignment? Because Jose, I, I love some of the things you've shared this before, but just this idea of divine assignment and just how it really is taking the attention away from us and putting it on God and really surrendering in that posture. So I'd love to you speak to that a little more. Sure. Yeah, what Bob said is so huge. We're responding
2: to God. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me more than these? That is his first question. Mm -hmm. And based on Peter's answer, which his answer was authentic and genuine, yes, I do. Then he said feed my sheep. So he gave them a task and he gave them an assignment. And it's the same thing in our faith. When we respond to God's love in our lives, when we realize that he first loved us and 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 we are filled with that love, it's an automatic response if we truly receive it to then look to give it away. And God will give us an opportunity to do that through these assignments. So I mentioned in the message, there's little assignments, uh, you know, the, the kind gestures that we have the Invitation to participate in blessing others, and and then there's the bigger assignments. What are what is my assignment in my job, and what is my assignment um, at, at, in my school? What is my assignment with my neighbor? And and so those assignments, God has divinely appointed us to be where we are to glorify Him and and be a light to those around us. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's you know. I can, I can go off because I love this part of being a believer so much. If it was just, I want to get to heaven, you know, if it was just personal salvation, I, theologically, I would have an issue with that because where where is a loving God to the broken? Where is the loving God to the vulnerable? What about those that are far away from God? God wants to use his church to be the vehicle of grace for the broken, for the vulnerable, and so, we can miss this if, if we just stop at loving God. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jose, let's talk about that real quick as far as what does that look like to miss that? Because I think I asked a question like this last week on the podcast, but what does the opposite of living out our assignment look yeah. like?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the distraction piece, right? Living this unlimited life outside of God and God's given us limits. He's given you a neighbor, <laughs> just two, really, unless you have neighbors behind you, then in front of you, four, in <laughs> a street. But But he didn't say go, he said, "Go and make disciples." And he says, "The end, you know, reached the world in Acts one eight. He starts first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So it is a, a progression outward, but it starts with your neighbor, who is right next to me. That's a limit, and so I think not recognizing that limit and going too far out first can be can be a holy, right, a good,
0: but a distraction. Bob, would love to hear your thoughts on living out this assignment." Well, one of the
1: things that we need to understand is that when we uh, shy away from inconvenience, we are pushing God away because God usually speaks to us through the inconveniences that are coming up. Not that we have the answer in and of ourselves, but being aware of why that inconvenience is there so that we don't we, so that we bear the fruit of the holy spirit patience mm-hmm. kindness goodness meekness all of those things require inconvenience
0: that's right that's right so good. That's so good. Let's let's jump to this third part here, learning from failure. I don't know about y'all or anyone listening, but there's a lot of names in the New Testament, particularly in this passage in, in the Gospels. And so it can be easy, at least for me, to forget that the same Peter that Jesus is saying to feed my sheep is the same Peter that denied him three times and is also the same Peter that Started the he church. called his rock to start the church on. And so this is third point here, Jose, I loved how you you brought it out here, just the idea of learning from failure. I think all of us listening can think of either a, a moment, a time, or even maybe a longer season where they have felt like a failure, that there's no way that God could use them because of what they've done. How would you encourage someone that's maybe in that spot right now that's thinking, okay, that might be easy for y'all to say, but you maybe don't know what we've what I've been through. So how would you encourage? Someone that's right there on the on the I, fence. I,
2: I would say, welcome to the club, Bob. Earlier, you said that experience um, and and you used a word that I'm not remembering right now. But but you said that adversity, mm-hmm. adversity is the best vehicle of growth. It is has been for, for you, and and that that's how that's how it goes. He can create beauty out of ashes. He is the God of redemption. That's what he's in the business of doing. Genesis 50, Joseph tells his brothers, what
1: you meant for evil, God turned into That's right. So that's that's what he does. Yeah, when Paul uh, was comparing himself to the people in Corinth that were, they were putting themselves forward, and he started to boast about all of his weaknesses. And he, what he was saying was, it's in those weaknesses that I have become who I am. Because when he was strong, he was destroying the church. He was trying to do Arrest away with the believers, church. But yeah. when God arrested him and grasped him by grace and changed his life, he, he realized he had nothing to offer God. Yeah. And so he didn't boast about all of his credentials, he boasted about all of his weaknesses, all the things that had happened. And, and I think that is one of the biggest lessons, um, learning that failures are the doorway to minister to other people who are experiencing Similar failures. That's really good because yeah. the comfort that we received in our failure is the same comfort that we can give other people.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think too, Jose. Uh, this, this seems random, but it's connected here. Just definition of sin: it's sin that either is done by you. Mm-hmm to you or around Around you. you. Mm -hmm. And I just think about how some of the failures may not even be things that someone has done themselves. It could be a failure that's been around them them. or a consequence that they've experienced. And so, to y'all's point, just the redemption that God brings just in that failure. I think about uh, story, I mean, you look at the Old Testament and the people that God has used and called upon to lead literally nations and, uh, and just the brokenness and the failures that they by any worldly standard would have been written off a long time ago and yet God Still chose to use them. I think is powerful.
2: He is. He is the God of second chances, and Amen. that His grace never runs out. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. never, uh, there's always hope. That's mm-hmm. the word. There, there's always hope if if we are in Christ. There's no other faith tradition that. Has that? In fact, I've talked to people, uh, one Muslim that I can think of specifically, who has a problem with Christianity because of that. And they said, I don't, I don't understand. Your, your God is too graceful. Why would he give a murderer a second chance? Mm-hmm. And uh, to which I said, he bled for the murder. He mm-hmm. paid the price for that sin. That's right. So when the murderer receives that free gift of grace, he can't stay the same. Transformed, grow, being transformed by the renewal of our mind. So there is a change that happens when we receive this free gift of grace.
1: Yeah, that's last last night at uh, CR. We had uh, we, I, we I was sitting across the table from a man sharing his story. For twenty two years, he was in prison, hmm. and it was in prison he was there because he had been a part of a gang, and there was a lot of glory in the gang. But it was while he was in prison that he came to faith in Christ. Hmm. And it was in prison that he began to memorize scripture and learn scripture. So he, he is in a real battle right now. He's got a lot of failures in his life. But uh, I was just, trying to help him understand that those failures are your ministry. That's right. Mm -hmm. Those failures are the door for you to speak to people who are going through the very things that you've gone through. And so... It's it's exciting. This is what makes Christianity the greatest adventure of anything that you can imagine. Because when we wake up in the morning, we have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, disaster can come. Yeah. Blessings can come. We don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, but if we're aware of mm-hmm. what is going on around us, We can see it. We can see God moving.
0: Bob, we'd love to ask you, well, really both of y'all, but we'd love to ask both of you just how how your perspective of failure has evolved or changed as you grow closer to the Lord. Bob, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, and I would love to hear your thoughts because I think sometimes we can immediately kind of begin to grasp and hand over and receive forgiveness for maybe a a major past failure, but what about, maybe big or small, but the failures that come even after we've received Christ that we may still mess up? I love how both of y'all have spoken before about this being a journey and a process, but as you've grown closer to the Lord over these many years and decades, have you noticed a a change in the way you even just notice failures that are more uh, present? Well, I've made
1: some colossal
0: failures
1: and I'm, I'm married to a lady that Knows how to exhibit grace. Mm. And I've had, I, when I came to faith in Christ, I, I came out of alcoholism. I was addicted to gambling, pornography. I was gam- addicted to tobacco. I had problems. And I've had, since the first time, a, a year after I came to faith in Christ, I had my first relapse. It was horrible. It was a bad experience, and it was not because I was thirsting for a drink. It was because I quoted a scripture to myself, justifying an action that led me down a a bad bad way, and um, the result was uh, despair. Hmm. Now. Out of that, I had fortunately I had a pastor that helped me, helped me reposition. You know the scripture that says so good. The scripture that says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and even though he stumbles, he will not fall because the Lord upholds him with his that's, hand. That's it. And that that's what I discovered. So now thirty not thirty twenty years later, I'm in a church. That uh, I, and I've shared this a church that socially drinking was acceptable, and I took one drink hmm. and I enjoyed it. And next thing you know, I, I, this is when I'm in the ministry. yeah, I, It was a failure. I got to drinking. Now I'm functioning alcoholic. I, I know now for me, I can't, I, I don't yep. need that first yep. drink because yep. I don't know what's on the other side of that first drink. So I stay away from it completely. But it took two bad experiences for me to grow in my faith. And God, where sin abounds, grace Grace abounds abounds in a greater measure. Amen.
2: Bob, that repositioning is so powerful because the lie that the enemy wants us to believe is you are defined by your failure. Yeah. There is no hope for you. You cannot change. This is who you are. The enemy is so good at that. Mm -hmm. If you start going down that road of self-condemnation, you will believe it. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll think, "Uh that. but if you're in Christ, you're not defined by what you do. That's right. You're defined by what Jesus has done for you. And the the repositioning of that is so beautiful because we only have hope because of the cross. That's right. So if we're leaning on our own understanding, and this goes to the next one about leaning into hard things, if if we're leaning on our own understanding, our own strength, every single one of us is going to fall. Some of us may be able to cover it better than others. (laughs) Some of us may be a bit more gifted than than others uh, in that way, but... We're all imperfect. There's only one perfect one, and that's Jesus. And so your testimony, Bob, is so important to understand that it was surrender.
1: It was surrender, absolutely. That gave you that strength to
2: to, to come back. And so if, if you're right now feeling overwhelmed and you're listening to this by a failure, surrender. To that's Jesus, right. We can't do it on our own strength. Amen. It, it takes what you were talking
1: about earlier with Paul. That's where growth comes that's from. That's where growth
2: comes from. And we're we're most strong when we're weak. Yeah. And in that, we're strong in Him.
1: And I think that's one of the reasons God is blessing us, our, our awareness of our own weakness. Yeah. That's what people, if you're going to... Well, If you're going to come to Cypress Creek Church, one of the first things you're going to hear is we're an imperfect people following a perfect Savior. And we do that from the children on up to the oldest people in the church. And we're all... We're not here because we have earned anything. No. We are here because of the grace of God yeah. and that alone.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good, y'all. We could keep going on each of these, but uh, we talked about this earlier, this leaning into hard things. This is the fourth of the fifth points here, uh, leaning into hard things. It, it's neat. You, look, you read this passage, you think, oh, wow, Jesus is asking him three times, and it's a redemption moment in of itself because he's able to say, yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Uh, but you then i mean jose you mentioned it on sunday that the the way that jesus not only explained and gave peter a little insight and in what was ahead for him but also just the reality of being crucified upside down i mean just it did not it did not go well it did not go easy from a world standards as far as peter's life after this moment despite the redemption that he had and just the 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 point jose you had here again is just leaning in to the hard things uh there's so many things that i could ask here but i think the biggest thing here is how, how do we continue to lean into hard things I I think I can kind of uh, mentally wrap myself around. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna run, do this this hard task once. I'm gonna really give it my all. But as both of you know, that life is full of hard things, especially as we follow Christ. And so, mm-hmm. uh, some of these very uh, maybe simple concepts, how do you continue to go back to them time and time and t- again, even when it starts to get harder instead of get easier? Well,
2: again, going back to this discipline that Bob has so cl- clung to. Scripture memory being in the Word, it it comes out strongest in these difficult times because Amen. we're not promised an easy road. And I have a son who has an incredible story, and his middle name is uh, Tobias, which means God is good. And I think about him when when times get tough. I think about his story, and I think about how God can be so good through um, you know difficult times, and that grows our faith more than anything when we cling to God, when we trust that, that passage in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, when we trust in God's goodness, no matter what may be going on, it's so good. It, it also keeps us from the unlimited theology, which is if I serve God, then God will give me unlimited resources, give me unlimited influence, whatever you want, and that's not true. <laughs> when we trust God, it doesn't mean that we're going to have unlimited resources right now. We'll have it in heaven. <laughs> we're promised an unlimited inheritance. But right now, it, there, there is trouble in this world. Tragedy right. is,
1: is at every corner. So we have to embrace God's goodness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. hmm but later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Where is that? Hebrews chapter there
0: 12. There it Amen. is. Amen. Y'all, that's that's so good. I think just one thing I'll add on to this is, uh, I shared this in my community group last night, but... God does not intend for us to be alone, especially going through hard things, and so I'm just so grateful for uh, my community group and just my community and the people that God has surrounded me with because it, it really does. I think about them in the back of my mind as I'm going through hard things, knowing that they are praying for me, interceding for me, encouraging me when it really does weigh on me, and so I think that's another big piece in this is that as you're going through hard things, as we all are going to, uh, to not do it alone and to reach out to a trusted friend, reach out to community group, reach out to uh, just a member of the staff team that is able to walk alongside you in the hard things, I think is a is a big thing. And then this last point here is to look straight ahead. And there's, again, it goes back to this first point here. There's so many distractions, so many things that can that can take our attention. So, mm-hmm. Jose, they would love for you to close us out. Well, with this uh, to, to
2: that point that you just talked about it, leaning... In And leaning on one another, it's also important to not compare ourselves to one another and say, hey, I'm going through this. Why am I going through this when so-and-so, you know, who hasn't been honoring God? Why Why did God give me this, you know, to, to, to work out? And Peter, he is having a conversation with Jesus face-to-face. Not only Jesus, he is the resurrected Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he defeated death and he is telling uh, Peter, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And then Peter is like me. He is a fleshly man. And he turns and says, Well, what about John? <laughs> What about Bob? What about Taylor, God? I mean, you sure? that You know, I mean, they give them some of the hard part. And, and so I love the irony. I love the humor. And it's it's important to know that he's given us what we need, period. And yeah. so just trust God with the hard the stuff. And let's not look to the right or to the left. Let's just be focused on what we need have been given as we run together to your point, so. Amen. Amen, all right. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a
0: part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.